Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his sermon series on the first epistle of Peter with this sermon entitled, The Theology of Christian Sufferings, preached December 3rd, 2017. Theology of Christian Suffering. By way of introduction, I give you ten points. First, suffering is discipline which proves you are children of God and he loves you. Second, suffering makes you holy, removing the draws from gold by fiery trial. Suffering is necessary to grow in our faith in God. Suffering tests our faith in Christ to know whether it is true or fake. Suffering is punishment for sinning. Suffering makes you mature. Number seven, suffering prevents us from sinning. Number eight, our suffering is due to the world's hatred of Christ and therefore of Christians. Number nine, suffering is normal for true believers, not exceptional. Ten, sufferings produce character and hope in the second coming of Christ. Theology of Christian sufferings. And I say to you, we are going to experience sufferings. It will come to you when you least expect Because God wants us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. First Peter has a special emphasis on the theology of Christian suffering. Remember, Peter severely opposed Jesus going to the cross and dying. Now Peter remembers what Jesus had said. Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And John 21, I tell you the truth, When you were younger, you dress yourself. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that is crucifixion by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Words of suffering appear more than 20 times in this epistle. There are six imperatives in the text we read. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Six commands from God. Three negative and three positive And we will consider each of them. First, don't be surprised by fiery trial. Verse 12. He is thinking of what had happened to the three Hebrew children in Babylon. 
who refused to worship the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They were thrown into the fiery furnace and suffered no harm, for God was with them. Jesus said, Behold, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Friends, Christians follow Jesus. They never go alone anywhere. The three Hebrew young men were thrown into the fire. Now there were four. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. For Christians, suffering is the norm, not the exception. But God is with us always by his spirit to comfort us and to empower us to endure even martyrdom. Therefore, suffering for Jesus should not surprise us. It is the normal Christian life. The world hates us, but God loves us. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. So here is the theology. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nothing unusual. Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Luke 14, 26 and 33. If anyone comes to me, now listen, and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 33. In the same way, any of you does not give up everything he has, cannot be my disciple. John 15, 18, and 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that he hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. John 16:33 I have told you these things so that in me you have peace in this world you have trouble but take heart rejoice I have overcome the world John 17:14 I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. 
First John 3 and verse 13, do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. Romans 5, 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces character, holiness. Romans 8 verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy. It's difficult without Holy Spirit. If you are not born again to them, I am speaking foreign language. Consider it pure joy, the brother of Jesus says. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything and Paul says 2 Timothy 3.12 in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted that's a guarantee God guarantees think through before you believe in Jesus The teaching that says believe in Jesus and you will become healthy, wealthy, famous, powerful is demonic. It is a lie. Such teachers preach a different Jesus, a different gospel and a different spirit. They are messengers of Satan. 2 Corinthians 11.13 For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Hell. John the Baptist, James, and St. Paul were beheaded. Peter, the author of this epistle, was crucified. Stephen was stoned to death. Others were sawed in two. Others were burned at the stake. But God was with them. And they all, in their perfected spirits, entered paradise. Christ's suffering atoned our sins. But God uses our fiery trials to remove draws of sin from us. So Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And you are going to go through trials. And then you will remember what I preached on this Lord's Day, December the 3rd, 2017. The ungodly hates holiness and they loves pleasures of sin for a season. Christians who are antinomians belong to the devil John 8:44 So do not be surprised whenever suffering comes 
to you. But expect it. It is our norm. But God is with us. Holy Spirit is in us. Number two imperative, a positive one. Verse 13, rejoice continually. Christian suffering proves our faith in Jesus Christ. Our vital union with the vine, Jesus Christ. We therefore share in the life of Christ as well as in his suffering. We rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice because Holy Spirit indwells us. And the fruit the Spirit produces in us is love, joy, peace, and so on. And we read today, you must be born again in order to see and enter the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the midst of intense suffering, there is joy produced by the Holy Spirit. Peter says... In Acts 5.41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name because the Sanhedrin flogged the apostles. And Paul and Silas were beaten in Philippi. And they were put in prison About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What do you do at midnight? I get up and pray, sir. Pray for you and for your children and their children. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Stripped, beaten, put their feet in stocks. And they slept. And they got up and they prayed and sang, rejoicing for sufferings. Second Corinthians six ten sorrowful, Paul says, yet always rejoicing, always poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. When you possess God, you possess everything. James 1 to consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. There are trials come many kinds. Hebrews 10.34, you sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Colossians 1.24 Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body which is the church. 2 Corinthians 4.16 and 17 Therefore do not lose heart Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Momentary means 70 years or by reason of strength 80. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Our rejoicing in our suffering is a prelude to our great rejoicing when Christ comes again and put an end to all sin and suffering and we shall be glorified. Philippians 
3:20 and 21 but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body but even now friends the text says we are blessed though we are insulted for the name of christ daily we are insulted you know why because we are living a holy life we are not sinning as they do we are not fornicating as they do we are not lying and cheating as they do and so on we bear by grace the fruit of the light righteousness goodness and truth ephesians 5:8 through 10 friends we live to please the lord not ourselves we are different because the holy spirit is resting upon us as he rested upon jesus comforting guiding and empowering us to suffer persecution Matthew 3:16 as soon as Jesus was baptized he went up out of the water at that moment heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and lighting on him resting on Jesus Isaiah 11:2 the spirit of the lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of power the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord Luke 12:11 when you are brought before synagogues rulers and authorities do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say for the holy spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say Matthew 60:10 verse 20 says for it will not be you speaking but the spirit of your father speaking through you that's why we believe in the baptism of the holy spirit be being filled with the spirit empowered by the spirit taught by the spirit guided by the spirit empowered by the spirit to live that life that pleases god friends we are blessed people not cursed the proof what is the proof holy spirit rests upon us what more you want sir money in the pocket and god provides us be content if you have food and clothing do you have food and clothing sir if you work 6 days he will give you food and clothing if you are lazy that's a different story we are blessed people not cursed the proof holy spirit rests upon us He never leaves us as he left King Saul. So we rejoice in our suffering. Cross leads to crown. Suffering now and glory when Jesus comes again. You'll be ushered into paradise. Joseph suffered much he was thrown into a pit by his own brothers he was sold as a slave he was thrown into a prison as a criminal he did not understand why 
then he understood they were steps leading him to glory as prime minister of egypt for the salvation of israel genesis 50 verse 20 you intended to harm me but god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives romans 8 28 through 30 you will understand it when you go through fiery trials until then you don't understand anything and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose for those god foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified polycarp was bishop of smyrna he told the authority who demanded he blaspheme jesus he told him 86 years i have served him and he never did me any wrong how can i blaspheme my king who saved me and they burned him to death Number three, sir, a negative command. Don't suffer as a lawbreaker. Verse 15. As a murderer. This means you cannot abort your baby. Abortion is what, sir? Murder. Violation of the sixth commandment. Not only that, Jesus said, don't be angry sinfully it is like murder matthew 5:22 but i tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment ephesians 4:26 and 27 in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry that tells you god wants you to repent before what sir don't wait until then you can do it sooner but how many people went to bed fighting displeasing god do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold when there is no peace you are giving the devil a place in your heart and you cannot be a thief lazy bums living off of the government so what do you do if you have been stealing ephesians 428 he who has been stealing must steal no longer stop it but must work 6 days a week doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need and don't be an evil doer and don't be a meddler one word 16 letters in greek allotri episkopos do you know what that means a bishop of other people's affairs which is none of your business if you are retired be careful you want to get into other people's business and if you are doing that right now stop it it's none of your business to meddle in the other people's affairs Second Timothy 3:11 we hear some of you are idle they are not busy but what sir busy bodies be careful about idle people retired people i have counsel for you be rich in good works 
good work is what God wants you to do. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has foreordained that we should do them. We are to do God's works and die in faith. Don't be a meddler getting into other people's business. It is what, sir? None of your business. If you suffer breaking God's law, be ashamed. Don't be proud. Be ashamed. You lied, you cheated, you fornicated. It's a shame. You are lazy, you don't work. You get C watching television. Be ashamed. And pay for the crimes. And God is not pleased when you violate his law. When you don't obey your parents, God is not pleased with you. And you are cursed. And not only that, you are an antinomian on your way to hell. But I have good news for you. What? Repent. Isn't that true, sir? Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. What is pastor's translation? Go to hell. Because you are an antinomian, lawless person. I said there are six imperatives in this section of scripture. First Peter 4, 12 through 19. Three negative and three positive. And the fourth, don't be ashamed. Idea is, if you suffer in the will of God, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed if you suffer as a Christianos, Christian. The word Christian appears in the New Testament three times. Acts 11, 26, 26, 28, and here, 1 Peter 4, 16. In other words, don't be ashamed, but be proud of the fact that you are a Christian follower of Jesus Christ, born again by the Spirit, having repented and believed in Jesus Christ. It's the greatest privilege you can have. Before the flood, eight people were saved. Few are going to be saved. They asked Jesus, are there only few going to be saved? What did Jesus say? Strive to enter. Strive to be saved right now. Be proud of being a Christian. Tell others holding for shine as stars, holding for the word of life. Tell them that I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus Christ. To whom do you belong? Who is your God? Money? What is it? Mansion? Who is your God, sir? My God is Jesus Christ. And you read... In chapter 1 of St. John, Andrew going to his brother Simon and said, we found the Messiah. And Philip going and sharing to Nathaniel, we found the Messiah. He is from Nazareth. Jesus Are you ashamed of Jesus, sir? You know why? Because you live in sin. 
Those who are doing what is righteous are bold, fearless. They start telling their family and their parents and everybody and their neighbors, I am a Christian. And especially retired people. They are going to become meddlers in other people's affairs. They should be evangelists, telling everybody, who are you? Who gave us the name Christian? Unbelievers gave us the name Christian. Others, unbelievers, called them Christianos. The Puritans, we are called Puritans. Who called them Puritans? Unbelievers. And I was raised as a Puritan, sir. Living a holy life, a separated life. We respect and obey parents. We respect pastors. So here it is. First Peter 4 verse 4. The unbelievers, they think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. And they heap abuse on you. You know why people heap abuse on us? We speak about holy life. They hate holiness. They hate obedience to Jesus Christ. And number five. Don't be ashamed. That's negative. Number five. But praise God. Because you bear that name. Praise God. That you are a Christian. Worship God. Thank God. That you are a Christian sir. In God's mercy. God chose you from all eternity to be saved. And praise God continually. Because God saved you by grace. Praise God by grace. That's what Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we praise God. Let me read to you about our background. We were mighty, rich, high-born, famous, brilliant, beautiful. Therefore, God chose us. Come on, sir. God does not choose them. He chooses the foolish, the weak, the lowly, the despised, the nothings of this world. You are nothing, sir. First Corinthians 1, 26 through 31, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God deliberately chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and things that are not the zeros, the nothings. To nullify the things that are. Don't come and tell me you are somebody. The people of God are humble. And they thank God and praise God for saving them. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. Our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. God foreloved us in eternity. He chose Jacob, not Esau. Rahab the prostitute and her family. He chose Ruth, 
He chose Manasseh, the most wicked king. He chose the publicans and prostitutes. So what are we supposed to say? Praise the Lord! Stotram is a Sanskrit word. Praise the Lord! I grew up, we by grace turned from idols to serve the living and true God and we wait for his second coming. So we live to praise God in words and in deeds. We live to obey God. We live to obey God. Our excitement comes through obedience to God. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We obey God, sir. Obedience and faith are linked forever. And wicked professors and pastors say, you believe in Jesus, you don't have to obey Jesus. Obey and believe are linked. Therefore, St. Paul coined the phrase obedience of faith, Romans 1.5 and Romans 16.26, If you do not obey Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. You are a fake. Christians live a holy life. Christians are like Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, O pious, Lord, Lord, will end the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven that sounds like obedience is that true sir and you are listening to a pious and learned person who have lived years and years an obedient life many will say to me on that day when he comes to judge the living and the dead Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? In other words, get me into heaven. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you disobedient one, evil doers, antinomians. I was reading a book by a theologian and he's an antinomian. He says pastors don't have any authority. Logically, parents don't have any authority. The state doesn't have any authority. He's wicked. Jesus continued Matthew seven twenty four through 27 if anyone hears these words of mine and what sir do them Jesus Christ said it Lord Jesus Christ said it the mark of a Christian is obedience number six commit yourselves to faithful creator when you suffer according to the will of God He says, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's family. True believers in Jesus, that is. If it begins with us, what is the outcome of those who refuse to what, sir? Come on. Obey the gospel of God. Not believe it. Obey the gospel of God. 
And it says, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and sinner? He is coming to judge the living and the dead. The final judgment is coming. Jesus is coming in glory. And he is ready to judge the living and the dead. As Peter said in chapter 4 verse 5. He is coming sir. He is the judge. He said so. Peter said so. 1 Peter 1.17 Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially. Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. And First Peter 2.23 When they hurled insults at him, Jesus, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He's coming, sir. Any moment. Is coming. Jeremiah 25 verse 29. See I am beginning to bring disaster. On the city that bears my name. <clears throat> and will you indeed go unpunished? Question mark. You will not go unpunished. For I am calling down a sword. Upon all who live on the earth. Declares the Lord almighty. Romans 2 verse 16 this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares Matthew 25 when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and goats on his left. Then the goats will go away to eternal punishment unending eternal punishment in hell hell is where God is not yet God controls it you want to argue with him there is no annihilation eternal hell you don't want to believe that it shows you are heading for what sir eternal hell then the goats will go away to eternal punishment now in the same verse but the righteous towards the eternal life the word eternal is used in both cases eternal punishment or eternal life it's a violation of hermeneutics to change the same word and give different meaning True believers, the righteous, will be saved, though they must experience severe suffering now. Even though I walk through the valley of of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Valley of the shadow of death. The spirit of glory and of God who rests on them will help them as they go through severe sufferings. Believers will be justified and even rewarded for their good works. It's guaranteed, sir. So we read Romans 5 1 therefore since we have been justified through faith 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The question is, are you in Christ Jesus? Grafted into him. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Saving faith in Jesus Christ. Let me read to you Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Final salvation. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, soul, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Language fails him. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Faith and obedience are linked and it will endure forever. You don't like to obey Jesus? Let me read from 1 Samuel 15:22 but Samuel said does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord but to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams and let us listen to Peter himself 1 Peter 1:22 now that you have purified yourselves, how? By obeying the truth, obeying the gospel. So that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. It is demonic to say you believe and you don't have to obey. This is dispensational theology. When you separate faith from obedience. When St. Paul said obedience of faith. Acts 5 verse 32. We are witnesses of these things. So is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. You go to churches that will send you to hell by preaching a gospel that is a different gospel, a different Jesus, a different spirit. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, although he was son, pastor's translation, not a son, although he was son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who, what sir, obey him. Unbelievers refuse to obey the Lord. And so when he comes, he will send them to eternal hell to experience eternal fire eternal agony, eternal torment. Jesus said so, Luke 16. True believers in this world will suffer fiery trials because of the name of Christ and because we are Christians. And especially we suffer from so-called Christians. 
wicked, hell-bound Christians. And they suffer in the will of God as Peter suffered crucifixion as Jesus himself prophesied. Then we pay attention to the last imperative in this section. Then we are commanded to entrust, to commit, to deposit our souls for safekeeping to our faithful creator and continue to do good. That's what Jesus did. Let me read it to you. Luke 23, 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust, I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. This is what Paul did. 2 Timothy 1, 12, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day, my entire life. I commit to Jesus Christ and he will keep it. This is what Abraham the father of all believers did when he was tested by fiery trial. Sometime later, God tested him. Genesis 22, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him. There as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. That's fiery trials. Trial of our faith. God doesn't like us when you love our children more than God. You love God more than father and mother and sons and daughters. Even our own life. Genesis 22, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. When they reached the place, God had told him about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. You love God. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. God provided He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. We read John chapter 1 verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And he suffered and he died in our place for our sins that we may be saved and spared we have a lot to thank God for sir. because we are told in the book of Hebrews Abraham reasoned that God could what sir raise the dead from the ashes this is great faith 
And you read Acts 26 verse 8. Paul said to Festus and King Herod Agrippa II and all the rich and famous gathered together. He said with chains on his hands. Why should any of you consider incredible that God raises the dead? This is the one verse I need for all apologetic purposes. That God created the world. That God raises the dead. And I believe the Bible from beginning to end, sir. Friends, commit your entire life to faithful creator. God is almighty creator. And he is faithful. He cannot lie or die. He keeps his word. He will save us. He saved us. He is saving us. And he will save us. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is what sir? Faithful. Let me read this from 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 6. Praise be to the God and listen sir. And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer in all kinds of trials. It's guaranteed, sir. We are kept here and our reward is kept there our inheritance we are kept by God I give them eternal life and they shall what sir never perish fools are those who will not obey the gospel of God finally Peter by the Holy Spirit is writing to God's beloved people Agape Toy. Chapter 2, verse 11, and chapter 4, verse 12. Friends, I said, it's not dear friends. What is it, beloved? We are loved. Number two point is what, sir? We are loved by God. Number three, we are loved from all eternity. Number four, we are loved as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ. Beloved, sir. I am my beloved's and what, sir? He is mine and the banner over us is what, sir? Love. Eternal love, sir. We are loved, loved by God, loved from eternity. 
foreloved, chosen, predestinated to glory, effectually called, justified, adopted, being sanctified, and will be what, sir? Glorified when Christ comes again. This God can be trusted. He is truth. He speaks truth. And he paid the infinite price, the blood of God's son to save us. He loves us. Even as he loves his own son. John 17 verse 23. Your mind will have no capacity to take in what is stated in John 17, 23. Therefore, entrust your soul to him. The thief who trusted in Jesus was told today, you'll be with me in paradise. Cry out, what must I do to be saved? And heaven will respond through the mouth of a preacher. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. If you are God's beloved, you will believe and obey the gospel of God. To you, God is speaking this Lord's day. And you will remember this often as you go through suffering. Don't be surprised by fiery trial that tests your faith. You will prove faithful. Rejoice continually for the Holy Spirit rests on you as your comforter and guide and strength to endure suffering to the end. Don't suffer as a covenant breaker. It's a shame. Repent. Prove your repentance by your righteousness. Number four. Don't be ashamed to suffer as a Christian. Such a suffering proves you are a true believer. Number five. Praise God in the name of Jesus Christ. Number six. Entrust yourselves, your souls, to your faithful creator who will bring you safely to heaven. And you will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown your heads. Gladness and joy will overtake you. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Heavenly Father, fill us with the Holy Spirit that we may understand the truth be preached from the scripture. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.